Hello and welcome to Calling All Detectives from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Calling All Detectives. When I trapped a blackmailer, I discovered that I was the only friend he had. That is the situation on this page from my casebook. The casebook of Jerry Browning... Private Detective. Every once in a while, it's important for a man like me, Jerry Browning, Private Detective, to explain what he stands for. It was a nasty case right from the start. It began when Ezra Walker, the wholesale druggist, came to me and admitted he was being blackmailed because of some pretty foul stuff he'd pulled when he was younger, ruining a man to get control of his company. Okay, blackmail is a crime. And you have to recognize pretty early in the game that there wouldn't be blackmailers if there weren't also people who did things to be blackmailed about. Whitey Moreland was the blackmailer, and he trapped himself on a payoff at a little farmhouse about ten miles out of the city in the county. I walked up to Sheriff Danielson, who was in charge. Sheriff, I don't want to butt in, but how can Whitey surrender when your men keep pumping lead at the house? Listen, Browning, don't teach me my business. I ain't having anybody killed just to catch one rat alive. But Sheriff Whitey's no killer. Give him at least a chance. I may want to save the county a lot of expense, Browning. So stand back. I pushed the sheriff aside. He slipped and fell on the ground. And in that same moment, I raced across the open space to the house. Don't shoot. I give up. Please, don't shoot. Shut up, Whitey. It's me, Jerry Browning. We're going out together. And if they kill you... They kill me, too. I ran into a farmhouse where a blackmailer was cornered because I wanted him taken alive. Whitey stopped at the door. Browning, don't cut me down a second I step out. They've stopped shooting. Stand in back of me. I'll go out first. The distance from the farmhouse door to where the sheriff and his men were waiting was 75 feet. It felt like the last mile. At any moment, I expected guns to blaze. Nothing happened except... Whitey Moreland, you're under arrest for blackmail and resisting arrest. Hold out your hands. I sighed with relief as the cuffs closed on Whitey. Then the sheriff turned to me. Browning, you're under arrest, too. Interfering with an officer in pursuit of his duty, assault and battery, conspiracy date a prisoner to escape. Hold out your hands. All right, boys, take them both away. They took my fingerprints, photographed me with a number hanging around my neck, cleaned out my pockets, and then tossed me into a cell without a chance to call a lawyer. And I mean toss. <laughs> okay, I can take it. Sheriff Danielson was annoyed. I could understand that. He'd been deprived of a fine grandstand play. All I'd been interested in was not having a man killed. I'd accomplished that. And I could understand that the sheriff was entitled to a certain amount of revenge. But 72 hours later, I'd still not been formally charged with any crime or been permitted to communicate with anybody. At that point, it stopped being funny. Come on, punk, you want it in court. I got up from the bunk. You mean after three days, somebody has discovered I'm still alive? Shut up or I'll slug you. Go ahead, I'd enjoy that. Come on, wise guy. (laughs) 
Your Honor, I submit that the detention without charge for 72 hours of my client, Mr. Browning, is a direct violation of his constitutional rights and an outrage to the community. I plead for immediate writ of habeas corpus. The lawyer wasn't anybody I'd ever seen before, and as I looked around the courtroom, there wasn't a face I recognized. Just the same. This court grants the plea, Mr. Linsky, and further directs that the sheriff submit a written report of his actions in this case by 9 a.m. Wednesday morning. Court is adjourned. The lawyer hurried over to me. I was afraid you'd deny me the right to speak for you, Browning. I am Harry Linsky of the Civil Rights Committee. Let's get out of here. The lawyer drove me to my office, explained that he'd read my name in a newspaper account of Whitey Moorhead's arrest, and then wondered what became of me. From a sheriff's deputy, he learned that I was in jail and went into action. Mr. Linsky, what this country needs is a lot more people like you. They've got another man in jail there, Whitey Moorhead. What can we do to get him a fair trial? I don't know. He's an admitted blackmailer. The case is very different from yours. If he can't afford counsel, I'm afraid he'll have to take his chances with whoever's appointed to defend him. I smiled. Mr. Linsky, I never was worried. Honest, I wasn't. If you're innocent, you figure somebody will take care of you sooner or later. It's the man who is guilty who really needs somebody to make sure that all he pays for is what he did. Will you accept $200 as a retainer to defend Whitey Moorhead? The lawyer smiled back at me. No, I won't. I'm not in active practice. But I think I can find somebody competent who'll handle it for that, or less. About $50 to do it, and don't think it buys you anything. I wrote out the $50 check, and Linsky got up to go. And by the way, Mr. Browning, if I were you, I'd stay out of the county and the sheriff's jurisdiction for the time being. Sorry, sir. You do what you have to do, so do I. The chances are you never read about the trial of Whitey Moorhead. Because it involved blackmail of a pretty sordid kind, the trial was held behind locked doors. No audience. I'd worked on the case, trapped Whitey into a payoff demand, tricked him to the farmhouse, and then put him under arrest. But I was the guy both the prosecutor and the defense attorney tried to rip to bits. Your Honor, the state claims that Browning is a hostile witness. For reasons best known to himself, he has a direct interest in getting the defendant acquitted. The court denies the prosecution's contention. Proceed. Your Honor! This man Browning is seeking to cover up the foul deeds of his client. Mr. Browning's client is not on trial. Proceed. That was my boy. The lawyer my money had hired for Whitey. And did he give me a rough time? As was right and proper. Even worse than the prosecutor. By the time the trial was finished, I was hanging on the ropes. But Whitey had a fair trial. In the end, he got three to five years for blackmail. It wasn't an easy sentence. Though Whitey thought he'd got off cheap. And that's my idea of justice. Punishment for a crime in such a way that the criminal realizes he owes a debt to society. And that society could have made it worse. But didn't. Like I said, I stand for the law. But I don't stand for anything even one inch beyond the law. 